scribes and scribblers. Welcome back to the Nip Section, the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. I'm producer-in-chief Diana Dye. No Sharon or Chuck in the studio, aka Sharon's living room, this week. Instead, we have a pair of interviews recorded over the last month or so. First up is professional artist, urban sketcher, blogger, vlogger, and fountain pen reviewer, Teo Yi Chia. He's the man behind Parker Blogs. And after that, you'll hear my interview with Jaspreet Sin, who posts as Jazzrilla on Instagram. This episode was prompted by a request in January from Natalie on FPO, who wanted to know more about how artists use fountain pens. Talking to Teo and Jaspreet about their approaches to making art, I thought their perspectives nicely complemented one another and gave a good sense of how broad and diverse the community of fountain pen users is and how much it has grown. So thanks, Natalie, for giving me the excuse to bring in these two guests. And listeners, here's Teo and Jaspreet. Hi, Teo. Sharon and I, my co-host on the Nip Section, we've been fans and followers of your blog and YouTube for at least five years now. And in fact, we credit our induction into the Sailor Specialty Nibs to your blog. They were the really the best resource on describing and showing what could be achieved with the Sailor, the cross points, and I think one maybe one of the Concord nibs. Um, back in 2015 when we were getting back into the habit of using fountain pens. So we wanted to thank you for providing such a great resource on your blog. We really love the content that you create. And so when the opportunity arose to talk to an artist who uses fountain pens, I jumped at the chance um, to try and talk to you. So thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. (laughs) No problem. I know that you have a blog, you have a YouTube you are an illustrator, I believe, in your day job. Is that correct? Uh, yes. I work as an artist, illustrator, and graphic designer for a local newspaper here in Singapore. What kind of mediums do you work in? Maybe the work that you do for the blog is a little different from your graphic design and illustrating work, but in general, what mediums do you like to work in? I usually work with pen, ink, and watercolor. Um, sometimes... A little bit of mixed media work, so that would be pencil, colored pencils, and sometimes markers, colored ink pens. But generally speaking, um, the media that I use are those are very convenient media. So, for example, with watercolor, uh, it dries very fast. For pen and ink, it's a very quick media. So anything that is quick, I like it. I don't like things that dry too slowly, like oil. Um, more inconvenient stuff. (laughs) And things that are easy to bring around, uh, I like those as well, because you can bring around a box of color pencils, pencils, pen and ink very easily. In this mixed media palette, where would you say fountain pens fit into your process? And what would be the advantages and disadvantages of using a fountain pen? I like to use fountain pens because you can um, review them. So you can test out different types of ink and it's more economic in the long run because you don't have to keep buying disposable pens and throw them away. So you can just buy a bottle of ink and you can use that for a very long time. So it saves me quite a lot of money compared to using disposable pens. And it's also more environmentally friendly. And the thing with fountain pens is um, some of the fountain pens, they come with special um, nibs that can produce uh, lines that you just cannot get with disposable pens, ink pens, or either ballpoint pens. So, for example, such as the Sailor Specialty nibs that you mentioned earlier, those nibs, they are able to create very um, um, 
create lines of varying thickness depending on how you hold them or how much pressure you apply on the nib. So that is something that I really like about fountain pens. So when you're using fountain pen and ink in combination with other media, say, for example, ink uh, on brush and watercolors or pencils, do you always lay down ink and then you color or is there more flexibility in terms of the order of medium that you lay down? If I'm just using pen, ink and watercolor, it will be um, it will be with ink first. So I'll just draw with ink and then color it like I'm coloring a coloring book. But I have to make sure that the ink is dry first. And of course, the ink has to be waterproof because I'm using it with watercolor media. So the ink has to be dry and waterproof before I can apply watercolor. And I try not to apply ink after, I mean, apply ink on watercolor because when you draw, when you have ink on watercolor, somehow the lines, they just become thicker than usual. So I just draw and then color. So it's very simple, just two-step process. And do you think that there are particular apart from the line variation that you can get from, say, a Fude nib or a Sailor Specialty nib, are there any particular techniques or um, effects that you can achieve with a fountain pen that you can't with a more traditional medium? Not that fountain pens aren't traditional mediums. Um, I guess it really depends on which pen you are using and what type of style you are looking for. So, for example... If you are someone who is into architecture, you like to draw architectural style. So the pens that you have to use will be pens that do not vary in terms of thickness. So they have to be consistent in width. And because of that, you will get very predictable, very consistent performance each time. But with fun pens that have special nibs, you um, there will be a degree of variation because you cannot control how you and you cannot be consciously always controlling how you hold the pen at times. So the pen that you use, the tools that you use, uh, does matter depending on the type of work you do. And for, for cross-hatching, for example, just drawing parallel lines, cross-hatching is done with um, pens with very thin lines. So you can either use fountain pens, which can produce thin lines, or you can just use those uh, multi-liners or even ballpoint pen that can produce Lines. In this case, there will be no difference between a fountain pen or those uh, disposable pens. You showed on your video channels that you use a Pelican M200 demonstrator, a clear demonstrator that's fitted with a 14 karat gold nib, uh, the piston filler. This is the Pelican M200. That's that the one. I have, yeah, that I've been using for a very long time. I like this pen because it comes with a ink reservoir here that can hold a lot of ink, so I don't have to refill it as often compared to fountain pens that have those small ink converters. So that's um, actually the main reason why I like this pen. For this particular nib, it's a fine nib, and it has some degree of flex. I mean, it's still very stiff, but if you press down a bit harder, you can actually get a, a slightly thicker lines. But for other nibs like the extra fine or the broad or medium, they don't have that flex. It's just for this particular fine nib. So I like this because it holds a lot of ink. And that's the pen that I bring 
that I bring when I'm overseas because um, when I'm overseas drawing, I tend to draw a lot, so I don't want to have to refill the pen that often. And with this, sometimes I don't even need to bring uh, an ink bottle to refill because it holds enough ink for me to draw for several days. And can I ask what ink you have it filled with? This pen, um, the ink currently in this pen is called Sketch Ink. So it's waterproof and dry and Sketch Ink comes with different, uh, it's available in different colors. So the one that I got um, is called Thea, T-H-E-A. And it's almost black. It works really well with watercolor. I only heard of this ink very recently, so... Oh, I just Googled it. It's made by Rowan Klingner. Waterproof and light fast. Yeah, it's made in Germany. Mm, 50ml, so... So this last, can last me for, for a very long time. I've been using this for several months and it's really worth the money. I don't think it's too expensive and it's made specially for fountain pens, so it's quite safe. That's great. Um, I spoke to Liz Steele in Australia um, a couple of years ago and she said that one of her favorite inks to use in fountain pens, which was waterproof, light fast and non-clogging, was the Diatramentus Document Black. Um, and I think Platinum Carbon Black is also very popular in fountain pens for people who work in ink and watercolor. How would you say that one compares? I have Platinum Carbon as well. Platinum Carbon is also quite safe and slightly more expensive, but still worth the money because it's a pretty big bottle. And the thing with this ink is it's very black. So for people who want the extra contrast, who want really dark blacks, this is the one to go for. It's 60 ml. You can buy it on eBay. And I actually bought this on eBay. It comes with free shipping. So this bottle has been with me for a very long time. How many pens do you normally carry around when you're sketching on plein air? I just carry one pen, the Pelican M200. Yeah, just that, just that one. But sometimes if I'm overseas, if I do not bring the fountain pen, I may actually bring disposable pens, the Uniball Air which is also capable of producing thin and thick lines. Um, if I want more convenience, I would just use the disposable, but usually it's the Pelican M200. Just one pen. I don't like to bring too many pens because it's sometimes you can pack stuff and you can forget to pack certain stuff. So if I just bring one pen, there is less items to remember. From reading your blogs, when you initially started reviewing fountain pens, you, you reviewed a lot of food nibs. Are they still... A lot of food nibs in your collection, do you still use them when you're producing art or sketching or have you discovered that they're no longer suitable for the type of illustration or artwork that you do? I have a few, maybe about four or five food nibs pens, but I don't use them as often. I think I prefer to use uh, use the Pelican Fine Nib. Not sure why I don't like the Fudini. I mean, not that I dislike it, but I don't use it as often compared to my friends who seems to like it a lot. And Fudini, they are a bit thicker. The lines they can be quite thick because uh, part of the nib is quite broad. So for certain types of drawings, uh, for example, if you are drawing details, then drawing with lines that are thicker is going to be a bit more challenging compared to drawing details with lines that are much thinner. Do you write with fountain pens as well, or do you mainly draw with them? Oh, I mainly draw with them. I seldom write with fountain pens or with any pens, actually.
I also have a Pelican M200 with a gold fine nib, uh, and I was using that for writing as well as for sketching, and I found it to be quite a difficult nib to produce consistent lines on when I'm using a cold-pressed watercolour paper. The texture of the paper would sometimes make it so that I have to press quite hard to produce a consistent line. Um, do you have a preference for what kind of paper you use when you're sketching? Do you use cold press, hot, uh, hot press? I usually use cold press watercolor paper. Um, that's because I have a thought of watercolor uh, paper. And most of the sketchbooks that are sold out there, the watercolor sketchbooks that are sold out in the market, they actually come with cold press watercolor paper. So that's the paper that I use. I don't really find any uh, difference in terms of the lines that the pen is uh, creating on cold press versus hot press. The feeling of drawing is definitely different because it's much smoother on hot press, but uh, in terms of the line variation, not real, I don't really see a difference. So if I want to get a thicker line, I would have I would just make a more conscious effort to draw, to press down a bit harder to get the thicker lines. But um, for me, the performance so far is quite con quite consistent and predictable. Mm -hmm. I think this is something I've discovered um, with another friend of mine who uses a Pelican UEF nib uh, in her cross hatching and stippling. She presses much harder on a fountain pen nib than I would as someone who writes with fountain pens. And I suspect something similar is happening where the degree of pressure that you place on your fountain pen nib is quite variable. So you would vary your pressure according to the kind of line that you're hoping to achieve. Whereas I'm used to placing down a very gentle and basically no pressure at all. That's the kind of um, feedback I'm expecting from a nib. So when I'm saying sometimes on cold press, I barely manage to produce a line. And that's because I'm used to drawing with almost no pressure like I would, oh. yeah, with some fine liners, I think you can um, achieve a fairly dark line with almost no pressure. So um, I find that very interesting. Do you have a thought, uh, a renewed thought on the Indie Graph fountain pen? I saw your review from a few months back. This is the pen that uses India ink um, and has a humidifier mm -hmm. or a chamber that is meant to I think, increase the humidity within the chamber so it doesn't dry out? I think I have the pen here somewhere. I actually did, after reviewing the pen, I did not use the pen because if the pen came out a few years ago, it would be great because, because back then there, were not, there weren't so many inks that were waterproof, but nowadays you can find waterproof inks that are safe for use in fountain pen. So in the graph, uh, getting an IndieGraph pen doesn't make much sense nowadays. I'm not sure where the pen is anyway. Because nowadays, there are so many options for waterproof inks that you can use in fountain pens, like platinum carbon, the Aquamantus, Sketch inks. Yep. So all these are waterproof inks. And India ink, I mean, the selling point for India ink is it's waterproof when dry. So these inks are also waterproof when dry, and these are safe for use in fountain pens, but India ink is not. That's why the guy who created IndieGraph uh, wanted to come up with a pen that can use India ink. But I'm not sure if the reason is that compelling nowadays with mm -hmm. all these options for waterproof inks. Yeah. Has the techniques and 
the ways that you use fountain pens changed over time, over however many years that you've been using them? Or do you find that you're not really guided so much by the medium? Your style has remained pretty consistent over time. I think my style is pretty consistent. I guess I used to be neater and used to draw more details, but nowadays I draw a bit looser Mm -hmm. uh, with lesser details because um, I find that I don't have as much time to sketch nowadays compared to back then, so now I draw a bit faster. And um, depending on what style I'm looking for, I would choose the pen that suits my needs. So if I want to draw details, I would use a pen that can produce very thin lines. If I want to draw a bit looser, a bit quicker, I would use a pen, a fountain pen that can uh, that has great ink flow so that ink can flow very fast and catches up with my quick sketches. Or if I want something to be a bit more random, then I will use a Boudin ink pen, which can produce thin and thick lines. And yeah, I think that's about it. But my style, when it comes to line art, the style is pretty consistent. Have you ever been tempted to... Or have you ever been inspired by techniques that you see other artists creating on Instagram or YouTube or um, whether it's through books that you've been um, accessing and reviewing? Oh, yeah, all the time. So I will, because I feature a lot of artists and also a lot of art books on my blog, sometimes I get inspired just by looking at the styles that all those artists can create. And there is a lot you can learn from other artists because there are so many ways you can use a particular supply. And when you use mixed media, there are so many different types of combinations that you can use the supplies with. You can choose um, different colors. Uh, You can choose the same pen but use different colors or you can choose to mix pen with graphite or pen with watercolor pencil. There is a lot of uh, things you can make. So you can learn a lot. Uh, by looking at other artists and their style and how they use their tools to create their work that they do. Do you have any tips or suggestions for any artist who is just starting to use fountain pens? Maybe a resource that you'd recommend? Not really, except uh, when you first get a fountain pen that does not come with an ink converter. So if the pen doesn't come with an ink converter, I highly recommend buying an ink converter so that you can refill it with your own ink so that you can save money in the long run. Because a bottle of ink can last for several months compared to buying those disposable cartridges, which can get costly very fast. And yeah, I guess that's the only tip. Oh, the second tip is don't use uh, don't use India inks in fountain <laughs> pens. Yes. Yeah, and also when... When you have a bottle of ink, always look for, always look at the opening and see if there are any physical ink particles. Um, if there are physical ink particles, those are the type of inks you do not want to use in your fountain pens because those particles are going to clog your pen. And India inks are those. India inks and sumi ink, Chinese sumi ink bottles, those are the ones that are not safe for using fountain pens. Yeah, they're the ones that have quite a lot of um, shellac in them. I think that's what creates the seals. Yeah, and speaking of shellac, um, shellac, when it dries, it will form a protective coating over the ink, so it can be very difficult to scrape off that coating. So ink clogging with physical ink particles is bad enough, but if you have shellac, 
that dries into a protective coating, that's even more difficult to clean the pen. So I have um, deep pens. I have used deep pens with India ink with Shellac, and those ink, the ink that uh, coats the pen nib, those are really difficult to clean. Yeah. So those are things to avoid. Can you give me your top three fountain pens for drawing? Um. Well, <laughs> I think fountain pen selection is very personal. So if I were to recommend people to buy any fountain pen, I would recommend this pen. This is the Duke 209 fountain pen with the Fudi nib. So this is a very cheap, um, affordable fountain pen that comes with a Fudi nib and it's less than $15. So this is a good one. Uh, Pelican 200 is nice but it's like 150 US dollars and above. So for beginners, I do recommend getting a cheaper pen unless you know that you are very uh, you're very certain that you're going to be writing and drawing a lot of the pen, then it's worthwhile to invest in a more expensive pen. But if you are just a beginner uh, trying to figure out whether or not you like drawing, you like making art, then I would suggest buying something more affordable, like a fully uh, pen. Other pens that I recommend would be uh, palette pens are pretty good. But pilot pens, most of the pilot pens, they come with nibs that are—they don't produce any line variation. So if you are someone who likes uh, lines that have consistent width, pilot pens are good because many of the pilot pens they can be dismantled completely, so it makes it very easy to clean those pens. Yeah. Third pen, well, I'm just looking through all the pens that I have. Sealer pens are quite expensive, also I wouldn't recommend getting them unless you are very sure. Yeah, I actually have a lot of pen reviews, fountain pen reviews on my blog. So for those people who want to check out uh, pens that want to buy, that are thinking of buying, you can check out those all those reviews because I cannot remember most of the pens. I completely agree that uh, your choice of pen is incredibly personal, um, and it depends on you know how you hold it, what kind of weight you like in your hand when you're drawing or writing, what kind of nibs you like, how you use it. But for you, for Teo, is there maybe one grail pen that you want, not necessarily any practical reason, but just because you really enjoy it and you you enjoy the look of it and you enjoy how it writes? Do you have a grail? Uh, I guess it would be the sailor pens, the ones with the specialty nib. I'm not sure if it's this one. Anyway, it's the Sailor pen with the Emperor nib. That's the most expensive pen that I bought, about US $500. I'm not sure if the camera can focus. Anyway, this is a pen nib with a ink tab on top. And the nib has a cross section, so it puts out a lot of ink. So this is very nice for quick sketching. It can produce thin and thick lines, and it can the ink flow is fantastic but it's very expensive. I enjoy using this because I really like to see how the ink comes out of the fountain pen, how it reflects the light, how it dries. The, yeah, so that would be probably my favorite pen, but I don't use this pen as much because it's very expensive, so I don't usually bring this out. I only use this at home. The one that I bring out is the Pelican M200, which I have dropped on the floor for many times. It's but very it's steady. Working. 
Yeah, it's very sturdy. If I drop a $500 pen, <laughs> my heart will, <laughs> will beat very fast. One other disadvantage of the Sailor pens, especially when you're fitted with a specialty nib, is that the Sailor converters barely hold any ink. I think um, maybe 0.3 milliliters is about the capacity of a Sailor uh, converter. So with a nib like that, you would go through that ink in no time. Maybe two sketches. <laughs> yeah, you have to refill very often. So that's not the pen that I bring outdoors or overseas. Can you tell me what's in the future for the YouTube and the blog? Um, what kind of things do you have coming up in the future? I really enjoy the series that you do on uh, a selective palette um, and your watercolor reviews. I find them incredibly fun to watch and um, to learn from. Are you doing more of those? Um, yeah, I have a few series of videos on my YouTube channel. So the limited color palette series is one. And sometimes I post tutorials and sometimes interviews with my artist friends and sometimes it will be urban sketching videos. I also have art book reviews and fountain pen reviews and art supply reviews. So I try to mix the content uh, depending on whatever I have to shoot on that day. So for example, if I just bought an art book, then maybe I would just do an art book review. Or if I have a new watercolor to test, maybe I'll just make a video on watercolor. But I try to vary the content as much as possible. Nowadays, I don't have much time because my kid is um, taking up a lot of my time. So I'm making less, lesser videos nowadays. I used to make like one video each day. Mm -hmm. But now it's just uh, that's very prolific. Every two days. Yeah. <laughs> that's still a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, we put out this podcast every two weeks. Mm -hmm. So um, the idea oh, okay. of, of releasing something, you know, three four times a week is incredibly stressful yeah. um, to me. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. It does. Yeah, but this is my hobby, so it's something that I already do. So, for example, if I'm already drawing or I go outdoors and draw with my friends or draw alone. I'm already drawing so why not just uh, put a camera beside to record what I'm already doing. So it's not like putting extra time to make that particular video. And for as for me recording indoors, all those tutorials, well I actually enjoy making all those videos and sharing my thoughts on products and also sharing my techniques, the things that I've learned while drawing. I enjoy that, so it's not so much of a work to me. And nowadays I try to record the videos as quickly as possible so that I don't have to spend too much time so that I can put out more videos, uh, more relevant videos. Um, I know you, you must be quite involved with the urban sketching community in Singapore. Do you find that there are many other artists in the community who also use fountain pens or are you more of um, an individual in that respect? Actually, a lot of artists use fountain pens, not just for the sketches here in Singapore, but a lot of urban sketchers actually use fountain pens. I guess it's for the same reasons that I mentioned earlier before. Um, it's more economic to use fountain pens because you can refill it with your own things. There are people who use uh, multi-liners and ballpoint pens, but I wouldn't say they are as many compared to those who use fountain pens. That's incredibly encouraging, and I love that. I think the new technologies in ink, like you were saying, how there are much more choice in 
waterproof inks that are also fountain pen friendly. I think that's really making it easier for more artists to pick up fountain pens. And in particular, I was talking to a friend in France and she introduced me to a brand of, I think, Taiwanese pigment inks, which are fairly rich, colorful colors um, that are pigment and fountain pen friendly and therefore incredibly waterproof. So I think innovations and new developments like that really expands the potential of fountain pens in terms of making art. Um, and I love to see more people using fountain pens in their sketching. Yeah, that's true. Um, the only limitation fountain pens have is actually the variety of inks, or more specifically the, the lack of variety of colors. So for the Artramentis and Sketch Ink, they are available with different colors, but you won't see as many colors compared to ballpoint pens or other types of color ink pens. So that's the only limitations for limitation for fountain pen and fountain pen inks. The brand that Anna recommended is Color Inks, K-A-L-A, made in Taiwan. I, I don't know if you've heard of them. I'm definitely going to try and get some and see how they work. Um and see how bright and hopefully vivid those colors are and how they perform with ink and wash. But um, I hope maybe that fills this gap um, that you were mentioning in terms of having inks that are colorful and um, having a good range of colors that are also usable for making art. But thank you so much, Teo. I really enjoyed talking to you about this and having some background look at how you produce videos, really combinable all of your interests into this online personality. It's a pleasure. I think you're one of the few people online who really has a toe in urban sketching and fountain pens and also art reviews and watercolors. So, so you really cover a lot of spaces. And I hope that you'll continue to explore all of those spaces and discover things that are exciting to you. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah, we'll continue to, I mean, making art is very fun and challenging. And it stimulates the mind. That's why people who are artists, they never truly retire. Even if they retire, they will still continue to make art for as long as they can draw or paint. <laughs> well, you've certainly inspired me to pick up my watercolors again. I will definitely have to do that, do more art making this year. That's going to be one of my resolutions. But um, I will make it an objective for this year of things that I will try to accomplish. Thank you for producing great content. And I look forward to talking to you again, maybe in the future. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Teo. Bye. Hello, Jaspreet. Is that how Hi. you pronounce your name? Yeah, Jaspreet. Actually, it's Jaspreet. way correct. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. Now, most of the people, they say Jaspreet or something like that. But yeah, Jaspreet is the right way to pronounce my name. Just please. I know you yeah. mostly from Instagram, where you are Jazzarilla, J-A-Z-Z-O-R-I-L-L-A, and also right. at the Nib Studio, where you showcase your grinds and your experiments and modifications of fountain pen nibs. Would you mind um, introducing yourself briefly for our listeners? Yeah. So I'm Jaspreet and I'm from New Delhi, India, and I love to collect fountain pens and inks and notebooks, different papers, all the stationery. Apart from that, I also love sketching. So that's where you found me on my Jazzarilla account. 
And in the last two, two and a half years, I started learning how to grind nibs. And after that, I started grinding nibs as well. Initially, I used to post all the pictures on my main Jazzorilla account, but it was just getting too messy for me. So I thought, no, I need a separate account for the nib pictures because all those friends of mine, they used to see pictures of nibs coming again and again and again every day. And I thought, <laughs> this guy has gone crazy. So Give us back more yeah, drawings. <laughs> yeah. So eventually I thought, okay, yeah, I need a separate account for it. And now that one is much more organized. You can see all the nibs and it just has nibs and only one picture of me. That's all. <laughs> Apart from that, yes, I also enjoy coffee. <laughs> Ah. Well, I think that, yeah, so that's probably something which is very famous in Australia as well. Yes. I think, right? The coffee culture. We like to think that we have very good coffee. And certainly Australians like to be quite snobbish about how good our coffee is compared to Americans and um, people in Europe who don't drink Italian-style espresso. Um, right. But I, I know now I think you can get good coffee anywhere. I say Indian coffee is really good. Yeah. You should try Indian Arabica. Yes. And uh, so now the same culture has started in India as well. The coffee roasters and so specialty coffee. Mm-hmm. So that's something you should try. Probably if somebody is coming from India, you can ask them to bring okay. a couple of bags of coffee. Yeah. So Indian grown coffee. Yeah. Ah. So we have many estates in India and they grow really good coffee. Do you prepare the coffee like a sort of Middle Eastern style or is it um, cold brew? So uh, usually coffee grows somewhere in south of India and South Indian coffee is a very different. It has chicory in it. And yeah, so that is made along with milk and it's a different way. But yeah, now um, like I make Aeropress pour over french press i don't have an espresso machine but yeah that's the things i make at home and now it's growing and so you go to cafes like the ones you have in australia or let's say even in vietnam uh you have lots of cafes and you can go and drink coffee so that's a good thing and it also helps you to concentrate and sketch mm-hmm. if you can right absolutely i think being in a coffee shop is a great time to sketch, to paint, right. and of course to journal. It's a yeah, you can, ideal place. You can <laughs> right, right. You, you're in a zone, in a very different zone, which probably uh, you're sitting at home, it might not be the same. It's just probably when you are at home, you can think of a bunch of things to do. But once you're there, you're, it's like a library. You're sitting there, you can't do anything else. You can just sit and do what you've come for. You can drink and you can sketch or you can write. I think the appeal of a lot of coffee shops is that you're in public, so you're so sh- you're in a social um, environment where you can watch other people, but there right. is etiquette, so people can't approach you and interrupt what you're doing, and you know they right. don't bother you when they see you writing or painting. So it's nice being sociable, but not too sociable. So I think right. that appeals to a lot of us. Yeah, <laughs> when. Uh, like last last month I met someone from Japan who lives in India so he's also a fountain pen user and uh, so I gifted him a, it's an, a, an airmail pen uh, you probably don't know about it so it's a demonstrator pen and uh, with a flex nib so it's an Indian 
pen very old company and so i had couple of inks for him this krishna ink and ah, yes. so i was yeah krishna ink so i took an eye dropper and started filling the pen over there and a couple of people sitting nearby and started looking at us like what are these guys doing <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny but at the same time i guess uh doing things in public also people get to know you and they also ask like oh you guys are interested in pens and then they tell us stories about how their father or their uncle somebody has a whole collection of vintage pens and nobody uses it but when they see us they think about it oh probably i can start using those pens now <laughs> so that's how we have added many people in our uh, delhi pen meet like uh, pen group so initially uh, we used to have big pen meets but there were not too many people there were like 10 or 12 would come and then slowly when i started going i started meeting other people then we started adding more people into the group by going to cafes and now we have a pretty good group in delhi um uh, let's step back a little bit how did you get into using and collecting fountain pens uh i think at least my generation or generation before mine so we all used fountain pens at least till uh, we were in school so i finished like my schooling somewhere around 2003 so till then i was using pens even t- in 2005 my exams i gave all those exams with fountain pens oh But wow after that, oh yeah we uh, that's a very common culture in ah. india most of us have given our exams with park uh, these parker fountain pens where these are the very entry level pens and every stationery shop in india will have those pens and there were many ink brands also which are not very easily available nowadays like there was one chelpak uh, and then there was another one brill and sulekha so most of us have given exams with those pens but suddenly after around 2005 i think this computer age picked up so fast people just stopped using fountain pens or yeah there obviously india has a huge population so you'll always have people who still use it but at least i stopped using for a while then back in 2016 so in my office a colleague of mine was using an st dupont pen it was so smooth like butter smooth pen so this person was like very senior to us so he had he had gone for a meeting and i saw the pen over there on his desk and i started writing with it oh that person is also very cool so he <laughs> told me how he has couple of pens because yeah people can get offended if you use somebody's pen without taking permission yes uh, yeah and i guess it's very natural for us also so then he told me how he has couple of pens and sailor and i think even more blanche so i thought okay let i should start using pens again so we have an indian website where i saw these lami safari and it had some 50% discount so i got it at a very cheap price i ordered a red one uh, or a black one but i got a yellow one instead so i guess that's the part of 
uh, <laughs> buying something on a discount. So I started using that yellow Lamy Safari for quite a long time. And it was really smooth. It was so smooth that people used to try my pen. And I think in the next one year, I at least converted around 10 of my colleagues to oh, start good using. <laughs> yeah, so I guess still people uh, do think about it whether they should spend so much money on a pen or not because I understand everybody nowadays in this age struggles with writing a lot because you can get almost anything done on a computer. Still, uh, now people are using, at least in my office, there are many people who use and in our, our pen community in India, it's growing. So that's a very nice thing. And when did you start using your fountain pens to draw and sketch? So I used to sketch a lot when I was a kid. Then somewhere till my school days, I used to sketch a lot. Then I stopped for a while, a couple of years. So I got into college, I was still um, sketching a lot, but uh, not with fountain pens. And I was really influenced by the graffiti culture back then because... It was something which was picking up in India as well. And uh, again, somewhere around 2011, I stopped sketching. But now when I started using fountain pens in 2016, it became a very nice tool for me. I have a very bad habit of sitting in a meeting or speaking to somebody and I'll just start scribbling on the paper. So it definitely annoys some people, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's something I enjoy a lot. If I'm talking to somebody on phone, I do that a lot. So, yeah, many times people say, okay, just keep your pen and notebook aside and just speak to us. Oh, but that's how it is. But after that, when I started using fountain pens and then I got so many inks, different colors, and it became a very, very nice tool to sketch. And now, uh, last year when I was at, the India Pen Show, I saw many people who were sketching. So I thought, okay, yeah, I should start again. And urban sketching was also picking up very fast in India. So that's where I started sketching on a daily basis. And I always had a list of things I wanted to draw, like portraits, figure drawing, and daily objects. So portrait is something I concentrated last year on. And I think I, I picked up and I've done really good in last one year. That's where fountain pens have helped me a lot because now I can use different nibs and different nibs have a very different feel on the paper. And that is something which I like about pens now. So before you were using fountain pens to sketch and draw, were you using pencil or ballpoint or what kind of medium were you using before? I was mostly using pencils or markers. And what do you think is the biggest difference between using a marker or a pencil or, and using fountain pens? What is it about fountain pens that makes them stand out? What's unique about them? What I really like is that you have so many ink options now. So you can really, really, that's one thing that you can use so many different types of inks and you can get so many different type of effects like like the sheen culture, which started, I think, two or three years ago with that night uh, organic studio nitrogen. So sketching something and when you look at it from one ang angle, it's blue. From another angle, it's red. It, that is something which I like. And then you can get these soft and flex nibs. 
and the line variation which you can get using these type of nibs it's really helpful in sketching after that you can also use like an architect nib it some people really love sketching with it at least i use it uh, both sides the reverse side is usually very fine and you can draw very fine lines and from the normal side you can make really big strokes and you can cover the area and draw shadows and stuff like that so that is also something which you cannot get in a ball point pen or some other pen though definitely you can get different effects from ball point pens also like some people really make good stuff with bigs both the uh, these type of pens they have a very different feel overall and if you use something like a cross music nib you can really make big bold marks in the paper or if you use a falcon nib you can use the reverse side and draw big uh ink marks on the paper so that is really beautiful and then using some fountain pen friendly paper like tomorrow river you can just that that takes it to another level you can enjoy a lot yeah it's the variety the choices yeah but at the same time i think people have to struggle a lot in terms of sketching with fountain pen if you do not have a good paper so that probably is one thing where people uh really struggle and if you have a good paper then definitely nobody wants to use a ballpoint pen after that what paper do you draw on i usually draw on toned paper these days apart from that it was a cartridge paper i do have bunch of um, tomo river journals so there's uh, one tomo river journal which i made myself for my uh, travel last year though i haven't finished it but yes i sketch on that sometimes then i also have this new tomo river notebook by gallen and then there's another one by elia note so sketching on these papers it's very much fun but if it's about using the local uh, locally available paper then i prefer using different things like noodler's heart of darkness because it doesn't bleed on those papers or something like um these platinum carbon ink or diatremantis document black so these inks they don't bleed as much or a sailor sea book so these inks are really good for drawing on papers which are not really good or fountain pen friendly but otherwise yes uh, once you have to more river then the whole wide uh, variety of options just open for you and which note do you use i used to do a little bit of watercolor um painting i use a fountain pen to draw a line drawing and then i go over it with a watercolor wash but for that i would only use watercolor paper because that could handle the um the water but when i'm only sketching i usually do it on midori md paper it's oh, it's a bit it's thicker a uh it's they they have a cotton version which is really nice but they also have just a plain wood pulp paper as well i like it because it's a little bit heavier than tomoe river it's not as slick so you get a good amount of sheen for sheening inks but it's less um smudgy so when you put ink down it dries much faster and it produces a little bit more texture on the nib I like being able to feel the nib when I write or draw and that's the best thing about Midori MD. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, I I I was looking at your Instagram Jazzarilla and I think one of my favorite things about the way your approach to drawing and painting with your inks and pens is how how very free and um expressive you are in the tools that you choose. You don't stick to only using black ink for example or document ink. Um I think I've seen you draw with Hiroshizuku or just Sailor inks yeah. that are not waterproof. Um, you also sometimes paint with just ink, so fill in large right. spaces with inks and colors. Um, so I think you don't feel restricted to draw only in black line or to only paint with like a watercolor or a paint. You know, I, I like how you, you're very versatile in how you use your tools. Initially, I had this fear of using colors. I think it was there because um, till, like I told you, till 2011, I used to sketch a lot and I used to post all my stuff on DeviantArt. Mm-hmm. It was like ah, DeviantArt. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's still very popular. But Instagram has really yes. taken over now. It's much easier to use. So I used to post a lot of stuff there and. Uh, that time also uh, I made many sketches using colors but majority of them were using black ink or black marker or just pencil so now when I start using colors again so I, I always thought my color theory is really bad now when I start using so many inks so many inks you can see you now you have large number of inks in any color right <laughs> and uh, if we take blue, you have something from very dark, like mysterious blue, to something really light, like um, Suyukusa of Hiroshizuku. Uh, so you can now you can think about color much easily. So you know, once I started using these inks, uh, how to use colors, it became really easy for me to understand. And seeing the different spectrum of colors was also something which came very naturally. And earlier I used to struggle, okay, what color is this? Or I would know it's sky blue or it's blue. <laughs> now you have lots of colors in between. So that has helped me. And then I started using this um, watercolor wash. Uh, like you use a watercolor brush and you can, the one which has a reservoir where you can fill water in it. And then whatever you have drawn, you can just go over it. So I I did that a lot. I got some index paper cards, which were 200 GSM, quite thick. And then I started drawing something within five minutes. And after that, I just go over with the brush. So that also helps you understand like which areas, let's say if you're talking about a portrait, which areas are light, which areas are dark, and how you can go really monochromatic, but again, have a large variation like really multiple values in the same sketch so that also helps and sometimes i just enjoy using random colors in the in a sketch oh i love that (laughs) that's great (laughs) it's really fun yeah that usually works on uh, on a good paper Mm -hmm. over there you enjoy the colors a lot on a normal one i just stick to one color and i just go with it so that's how it usually works but it has really helped me in using like inks have really helped me in using colors in my sketches now when you're painting um in a cafe or maybe 
on plein air, so you're you're sitting on the side of a road or in public. Do you usually carry like an artist kit with you, or do you find yourself drawing with whatever you happen to have on hand? If you happen to only have a writing pen, would you use that to sketch with, for example? I don't sketch so much in cafes. I try, but yeah, once in a while, um, I really get worried if I have to draw something like uh, the scene in the cafe. So I think I haven't. Uh, evolved so much or I haven't practiced so much because it's all about solving the scene in front of you and once you're in a cafe there are so many people there's mm-hmm. so many tables and chairs and it's a very complicated yep. area you can each sketch becomes a type of a problem which you have to solve once in a while I sketch in a cafe but then I just nowadays I draw a very small thumbnail sketch just to get the feel of what's there and then I sketch using the photograph or if it's about uh, sketching outside yeah sometimes I go with the urban sketches group in Delhi so they usually meet on Sunday morning so I, I, I don't go every week I go probably once or once in a month or once in two months because it's very difficult for me to wake up and at eight in the morning and go and sketch with them but that itself has a very different feel when you see something big in front of you and you put it down on the paper i think that also helps because sketching from a reference is something which is very easy and you can cheat a lot but once you're sitting there you cannot see a frame you know some people they make tangle with their fingers and thumbs and they see okay yeah this is the scene i want to draw and once you're there and you sketch yeah first couple of times it becomes really difficult but after that it starts becoming really easy and if I talk about portraits, because that's something I really concentrated on last one year. And I think I get like 80 to 85 percent of the portrait, right? <laughs> so there might be some part which will be like, you know, your doppelganger right now, not exactly you. So that's why I still sketch a lot from the references. And usually what I do is I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos to, to see how people sketch. And not only just using pen and ink, or I even watch uh, videos where people draw with oil paints. And that's something which is very different. When people draw with oil paints, they don't go into the details. They just block in the major shapes and then they go for the details, like in the really later stage of the drawing. So that also helps me now. But if it's about how I sit and sketch. Sometimes I'm sitting at home and with my wife and she is watching something on the TV. So I just sketch the whole scene of our room or I start sketching how she is watching the TV or whatever we are eating or drinking. And yeah, mostly that's about it. So it's a mixture of using references or sitting outside and drawing. I really like the way you put framing or selecting a scene as being like a problem. So it's a problem of, you know, where to compose the image, what to include, what to exclude, what you want to foreground, what you want to um, make the center of your image, what you choose to blur, what you choose to put a lot of detail on. That's a really nice way to put it. And it's really interesting that you actually find it, educational to look at oil paint artists. My understanding of oil paint is that it's very different to, um, for example, the kind of crosshatching that you do or even putting down an ink wash because for oils, 
you're doing the dark patches first, where I think it's the reverse right. for most right. um, ink drawing techniques because um, yes. you're adding shadow rather than removing the shadow, right? In- right. Introducing highlights. That, I think that's really interesting. But it's clear that you obviously learn from a lot of different sources and um, are still experimenting with what you're developing, what you are comfortable drawing. Cross hatching is also something which. I think using fountain pens has helped me to get into because now you can get really extra, extra fine nibs. And I the one pen which I use a lot is this um, Franklin Christoph with Masuyama Needlepoint. And it's a lovely pen and I really like. I think uh, it was a pen which was gifted to me by a friend of mine. Uh, he's a really good calligraphy artist. And I started using it. And when he gifted this pen to me, I just wanted to see how the nib writes. But he gave me the whole pen. He said, okay, you use it, but I want you to draw lots and lots of sketches with it. And after that, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a nice way of paying back. So I started sketching a lot. And that's when I think having a pen so fine, though definitely you can use something like this, uh, those Micron pens, which come in the market these days. But they're days, really but expensive. Uh, yeah, see, that's the first thing. It's, it's about uh, those pens are expensive. Definitely, they are really good pens. They have archival link. Second, uh, I think it adds a lot to the plastic waste in the environment because you use it and then either you throw it and refilling those pens, it's very difficult. But once you have a fountain pen with a really fine nib, you can just put different things and you can create anything. And cross-hatching is something which you can really learn from using fine nibs. And it really doesn't take so long. It's just even when I started uh, practicing cross-hatching, first couple of times it wasn't really good. But within a couple of months, I think I started seeing really good results. So that is also something that we shouldn't stop trying uh, or we shouldn't be scared of trying new things. And now I think I I feel very comfortable with cross-hatching. I've been really enjoying your 100 Heads Challenge selection of artworks on your Instagram. Tell me how, what gave you the idea to start doing this? And was it a conscious effort to do more portraiture and to expand your experience in terms of drawing people? So, uh, 100 Hits Challenge, it's, I think, um, even I came to know about it on a YouTube video. So, it's by uh, an artist, I think, Ahmed Alduri on Pinterest. So this person has uh, a boat with 100 uh, thumbnails or 100 uh, portraits over there. So you, the idea is you sketch 10 in one day and you have to finish the challenge actually in 10 days. So, <laughs> so that's the actual challenge. But uh, I, I, I draw a lot of portraits on daily basis, but it's not something I post all the time because some of those are really studies or practice sketches and the ones which come on the feed are the ones which you know I sit down and I focus on drawing exactly what I see so uh, initial idea was to do exactly all those uh, portraits on the board those 100 portraits but somewhere down the line I just gave up and I thought okay well, I'll just do whatever I like because some of those were really hard. <laughs> if you have to draw a beard or, you know, mustache or hair, like really weird hair. So I wasn't really prepared for it. So I, I thought, okay, I'll just 
stick to doing the easy ones first and then slowly I'll progress because mm-hmm. it doesn't for me it doesn't make sense in drawing something you're you know uh, just for the sake of a challenge and you don't draw something really well because if you have to draw a beard you really have to learn how to draw hair so that in itself is a different lesson mm-hmm. if you have to draw good eyes you have to practice lots of eyes because everyone has very different eyes and similarly i think nose is a very hard part most of the people they struggle with the nose so so i thought okay i'll just you know do it my way i'll just relax and whenever i feel okay yeah this is one sketch which i think is good enough so i'll post it and i'll make sure i have 100 sketches in one year so i think i've reached somewhere around 33 now and let's hope by the end of this year i'll finish oh, wow. all of them <laughs> so are you still using the reference photos um from pinterest or are you finding your own reference photos now so uh no i just take any photo if it's on pinterest i pick it up if it's something i like i pick it up sometimes i even draw um i think the initial sketches were of the fountain pen friends five or six of them were actually people whom we meet during our pen meets some of them were from mumbai and some are from delhi so i thought that's also a very nice way of you know expressing gratitude because it's a community and when i sketch something so i motivate other people as well and even i got motivated by somebody who sketches on daily basis so that's how it creates an effect and though we have a big group on telegram and whatsapp so when i post my sketch even though i feel that probably i irritate or annoy people by posting one sketch on daily basis but yeah there are some people who have started picking it up and they also sketch something once i do and they sketch something and they post it then there's another person who will do something and post it and in a way it also helps people to Uh, you know start using fountain pens rather than just writing your daily things i really agree with you that instagram is a really useful and inspirational tool for people who just want to practice art and just want to share art um the barrier for entry is so low it's so easy to upload a photo onto instagram and to share it to you know hundreds thousands of people and very quickly can build this network of people who give you i know it's it's the bad side of social media to get this instant gratification but it's also the great side of social media that you get instant gratification right because whenever you upload a photo and you get positive feedback then that really motivates you to keep doing it and you doing it it motivates other people to also pick up the habit i'm pretty sure that you know if you weren't sharing your photos and you weren't getting inspiration from other artists on instagram maybe you would never have continued drawing or you wouldn't have picked it up again yes yes I usually see a lot of stuff by uh, Lay Rees, Lay Paul. Lay, yes. Yeah. So uh, when I see her stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, that's something really <laughs> new. And one day I was so bored, I actually went down all the way. She has, I think, over five thousand posts. So I kept on seeing every other sketch which she had done, and it was really beautiful. And we also have another uh, person in India. Um, 
So she also draws very similar stuff. And she has finished around five journals in last uh, two years, I think. Oh. Yeah, all pages. Are. <laughs> so uh, I think you can find her on Instagram. Uh, Potter and Pens is her oh, Instagram yes. handle. Yes, okay. I, I know Potter and Pens. She has... She's entered into our competitions for the nib section, and I think she's won a couple of pens from us. Oh, I'm pretty sure she's really good. I really like um, her artworks. Yeah, both of us are actually uh, known for winning lots of giveaways. <laughs> I think I have won so many giveaways so far that some people are really jealous of how I win. So people have now in India in our Delhi group, people just tag me. They think that I'm the lucky charm so I will just tag Jazzarilla and we'll see probably we'll win if I talk about with the giveaways uh, I think she, I won uh, a rickshaw pen case rickshaw mm-hmm. back this uh, yeah the green one <laughs> so and I won another pen case but it got lost in customs and uh, after that I, I got three Opus 88 pens oh wow yeah, I really like Opus uh, 88. What do you think of them? I really love Opus 88 pens for the fact that they're not really expensive, but then you have this shut-off mechanism. You can be, uh, you can use any over nib in it, or you can also use a pilot parallel. I haven't done it yet, uh, but yeah, once you use a pilot parallel, it becomes a very versatile tool for you to use. And I really love the color options they have. You... You know, they have one model, which is Fantasia, I think. Uh, it's It has a very rainbow-colored cap. And that is something I really like, but they didn't give me that one, so it's okay. <laughs> I think Fantasia's the model that uses a number five Yevro nib, so it's yes, a slightly smaller yes, one. Yes, it's a smaller one, but it really doesn't matter. It's a very beautiful pen. It's like a, it's like something which kids can really use. Mm-hmm. I got an Omar. The green one, uh, I think that's the most beautiful one. That's the one I have too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's beautiful pen. It's a bit bulky. Okay, it's a very well-balanced pen. Now I have the Coloro Demonstrator, the clear one. And you can just put any ink in it and it looks really, really, really good. Mm. I mean, there's Twisby on one side, which looks good, but then Opus on the other side, it just looks much better. And I have a Picnic, which uses a number five nib. So I really like sketching with that as well. Mm. I I really like the the seal off mechanism um, in the that they have on their their eyedroppers. Recently, no, well, last year when I got the Coloro Demonstrator, I filled it full with Bungle Box Sweet Potato Purple, and oh. it was filled with that ink for over a year, and the ink did not dry out. I did not really get clogging or any damage and I cleaned it out a couple of weeks ago and there was no staining of the barrel there was like a little bit of staining at the ends where there was some silicone grease but otherwise perfect it's just flawless uh, it's, it's a well finished pen I believe I think uh, can really choose different nibs in it and having a Yovo nib it really makes it really easy for you to pick up something like uh, you know uh, Rolf snips, yes. which I've seen many people use, right? <laughs> so that is also something you can do with it. And it's a very beautiful pen to look at. And what other pens do you use? When I'm sketching, 
or when I'm writing with. Um, I, in my day to day, I use a lot of pilot vanishing points because I like the click. <laughs> um, because for work, it's just very handy not to have to worry about losing or misplacing a cap. And I don't have to worry about, you know, um, the nib drying out because I have it out for too long and I'm taking notes and listening. So that's probably the pen I use the most, but I also really enjoy SD DuPont, like your former colleague, oh. your current colleague, because like you said, their nibs, I think, are wonderful. Um, Parker cannot compare to an SD DuPont nib, and they still produce really beautiful pens. They tend to be on the heavy side because they're... Yeah, they, those pens are heavy. Yeah, because they're known for their enameling and um, the metalwork. So, of course, they're very heavy metal pens, but um, I think their nibs are really stand out. Um, I just, I like a lot of pens. I like Pilots. Uh, I like Sailors. I really like Graf von Faber-Castells. I think they still Have do. Have you used any dip pens? Dip pens? Indian, Indian pens. Indian pens. I have a friend, um, so Tavit, who's on the podcast with us, he has a few uh, hand-turned ebonite pens made in India, which are really nice, but they're a bit too big for my hand, so they tend to be uh-huh. slightly oversized. Right. Um, and I used to have a Indian-made piston filler. Um, I think it was made. It was sold through Wancha, um, one of the Japanese websites um but i don't have that anymore maybe you could actually let's get in let's get into um the indian pen community i think you mentioned that it was around 2016 2015 that you got back into using pens again and you started modifying and grinding your own nibs soon after that is it something that you mainly do for yourself or you do it for your friends how comfortable are you with modifying <laughs> so, other people's pens? Yeah, so it's a it's a very <clears throat> long story. So I got one pen. I think it was in early 2017. So it was now my friend had gotten it from US, and I was really excited about it. But it probably had baby's bottom. And in my current job, I travel a lot. So at, even at that time, I was traveling a lot, and uh, I started using the pen and. It, you know, it wasn't writing it really good. So I got really sad about it. And then I spoke to many people on our WhatsApp and Telegram group. And somebody said, do this, do that. Uh, <laughs> so eventually, I think I got irritated. And I ended up buying lots of Jinhao nibs from AliExpress. And I ha- I found a stone, a knife sharpening stone at uh, home and then I started practicing like I said okay I do a grind and then I would post a picture on our group again to other people and after that one day after another I was doing some nib and I think I should really thank the Indian uh, this Delhi pen community because many of them they really encouraged me so at our pen meets I used to carry my these crown nibs and people would try and they would give me feedback okay you should probably do this or do that and uh, so I think during 2017 first six months that's all I kept on doing so it became a very good uh, habit for me so every day I would come back from office and do it 
for one or two hours. I really thank my wife for <laughs> dealing with all that stuff because every time sit at the okay yeah so that's another thing that I don't use a Dremel I use a knife sharpening stone which is something most of people still tell me that why don't you use a Dremel but I'm really comfortable with those stones so I have a very minimalistic kit it's just one stone a loop and polishing papers so I can just put them in my pocket and I can grind anywhere. So every day after coming back home, I would sit for one hour on our dining table and, you know, create a whole mess over there. Then uh, many people start sending me their pens that, okay, can you do a cursive italic on it or can you do an architect on it? I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. After that, um, I started doing it very comfortably. Then, so we have an association in India. It's called Fountain Pen Association of India. They... uh, asked me, they were putting up a pen show in Mumbai. It was the first pen show in India. They said, do you want to come and grind nibs here? And I was like, okay, first of all, I don't know how comfortable I'll be because I was doing it in locally or in Delhi. But yeah, I hadn't done a proper live event kind of thing. I thought, okay, okay, let's give it a try. So it was an event on, it was uh, on Sunday and Monday. I said, okay, I had to travel on Monday to some place. I said, okay, I can do only Sunday. So we thought, okay, my wife and I, we are, we packed our bags and we said, okay, let's go and enjoy, have a fun trip in Mumbai and we'll see how it goes. So uh, when I set up my table over there, it was really funny. So the first person who came to me, he asked me like, what is it? What are you selling? What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I I was a bit, you know, um, scared that okay okay how do I explain it to someone who doesn't know much about fountain pens and grinds okay people know about pens but people don't know about grinds but as it picked up and uh, I didn't get I didn't get time to eat till I think 4 p.m. <laughs> I kept on grinding and I kept on grinding like nib after like there's so many nibs I ground that day and uh, there's so many people also around me at that time because it was something which was there for the first time in India. Because everybody, yeah, everybody sends pens to you know US or Europe, the famous nib meisters, and they never saw somebody doing it right in front of them. There are some people in India who do it, but you really have to have like good, you know, if this person is my friend, then I can ask him, can you do this grind on my pen and if he's happy to do it, probably he'll do it and you'll get it after some time. But nobody was really doing it in a professional way that I that you'll charge and you know somebody will give you money for that. And I think that puts a lot on stake. Doing something for free is one thing because even if you mess up, it's okay. I, I try to help you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but if you charge and even initially, I wasn't very comfortable with taking money because I thought that all these people are my friends. I shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend in Delhi. So he said, no, 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 you shouldn't do it that way because it'll become a headache for you. Also charging money, it 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 really puts a lot on stake. Now I know I have to deliver a really good quality product. So that day, by the end of that day, I, I did like so many nibs. Not a single nib was messed up during the entire day and and everybody became like you know a big fan it 
I think that was like one of the happiest oh, days. <laughs> and they even asked me like you should stay tomorrow like on Monday. <laughs> we already had our tickets booked and I had to fly to some other place next day so I couldn't do that. And that's when I started getting lots of orders after that and now even till date I think I get around 7-8 nibs every week and since I travel a lot uh, I cannot do everything in time I usually tell them in advance that I'll take around 2-3 to three weeks and after that I send it back and I, I really thank people also here in India that they deal with like all the delay which I cause because it's something even I cannot avoid if pen comes to my place and I'm traveling for two or three weeks and I'll come back and only then I can do it. So that's one thing. So after that, uh, I think next was the India pen show, which happened last year. So that's where, no, it was a proper two day pen show and lots of uh, brands were coming in. So I teamed up with another person, uh, who is also a founding member of this Fountain Pen Association of India. Uh, Sudhir Kalyanikar is his name. So now this person has a lot of experience. I think he has over 500 or 600 pens. And mm-hmm. sometimes he looks at a pen and he knows, okay, this is this pen, this model, this year model. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, that's subskill. So we teamed up and he tuned lots of pens. He repaired a lot of pens and I ground a lot of pens. So the entire two days we were we were so busy. So but it was it was a really fun experience. And after that it became very normal for me to get pens for grinds. But if uh, probably I do not have a very big international presence, that's only because I I already struggle a lot with finishing all the orders which I have within India and I feel that this is more than enough for me because again you have to deal with customs and if somebody sends me their pen it becomes really difficult for me to go and collect it from the customs if it gets captured over there or something happens but yeah many people can if somebody wants a grind from me they can ask because most of the manufacturers in India like ASA, Lotus Pens Siahi they all, uh, if somebody asks for a grind, then I grind the nips for them. It's not put up anywhere on their website, but yeah, I grind the nips for them and then they ship them to other countries. So that's how it's working so far. So a lot of those brands that you mentioned, are they manufactured in Delhi? Is that how you build up that network with them? So uh, so we all are on our uh, WhatsApp and Telegram ah, groups. I see. So sellers as well as normal users. So that's a really nice thing because our India pen group has around 300 plus members. This is just the Telegram or uh, WhatsApp group. And uh, so all the sellers are definitely there. So whenever there's some new pen which they're going to launch, they just put it up over there in the buy-sell section of the group. And then... When I met them at the pen show, I think the first one uh, in October 2017, so they all saw how I was surrounded by so many people and how people were getting so much, so many nibs of them ground. Even they didn't know that 
all this can be done so it was another dimension which opened that day <laughs> so yeah do you have a favorite grind that you like to do uh i i really love architect grind so yeah, yeah so that's the first grind which i really started doing so in 2017 i we i have a friend from chennai so he was in delhi for some work and he had uh, an architect grind from dan smith and yeah he was super excited that you should try this nib so i wrote with that and i really liked it but it wasn't really for my angle so i the way i use my pen it's at a very low angle and the way he uses it, it's a very high angle so but and while i was doing grinds those days and posting on our groups and this guy said like you should do this grind so good that you can do it even in your sleep and after that i kept on doing architect grind day after day after day eventually though people got really <laughs> irritated on the group that just architect grind why don't you do something else as well and i was like okay I, i do it because i like it and uh, i mean it's something i'm i got really good at so that really became i also use a lot of my pens have architect grinds i think most of my pens have architect grinds and it really becomes uh, difficult for other people to use it because my angle of writing is really low so what i usually do is i tell whenever somebody asks for an architect grind so i i have a picture of how you should send me a picture of you writing with that you whatever pen you have so based on that i grind it at the not exact angle but yeah somewhere close to it and in case there's slightly you know it can it's very easy to mess up an architect grind because getting the person's natural writing angle it's not very easy so if there's some issue then yeah people send the pen back to me so that's one of the reason why i love doing work only in india because it's very easy for me to get something back but then some people they uh, they really love my architect grind so much that they send me like 10 pens <laughs> okay okay take these 10 nibs i want all of the architect grind <laughs> so that is something which i really like but personally that's also my favorite grind and what's your grind i really like architect grinds as well and i like the architect variants so the different types of modifications on architect grinds that people are doing now for example the the naginata togi nibs are Right. sort of like an architect they produce line variation which is similar to an architect but with a bit more range cool. um right yes and i think the aurora their new calligraphy style nibs are also an a style of architect grind although they don't call it architects so i like these this new wave of architects and i like that people are using them a lot more but i understand what you say about how it's very hard to grind an architect that is suitable for all writing angles when i sent my pen to dan smith to get ground into an architect this was maybe 4 5 years ago um i did the same thing that you did where um he asks for a photo of my hand holding yeah. the pen but i get very paranoid because when you're holding a pen and taking a photo of yourself holding a pen i can't be sure that that's the actual angle that i that i write on you know i i feel yeah. like when i'm writing maybe there i i shift the angle a little bit it doesn't feel very natural um so i always feel like if the architect is ground wrong that's probably my fault for not taking an a 
<laughs> a photograph that's very representative. Yes, I ask people to send me like not just one photograph, like four or five photographs, because that gives me an idea of how this person sings and uh, how this person writes. And also, I like I told you, I have a a picture which I send them first. That I want you know uh, picture taken from exactly this angle, you know, like where you can actually see the angle which your pen is making with the paper or the table. So most of the people, what they do is they send me a picture from, you know, from how they see they are holding the pen or how, like, from front or some other angle from where you cannot actually make out the angle. So there's one person in Mumbai, he, he when I asked him for a picture, so two years ago, he calculated the angle. <laughs> using, <laughs> he said, I want my architect trying to at 43 degrees. So uh-huh. even... Yeah, so last week he sent me some seven crispy nibs and he said 43 degrees. I said, oh yeah, I know, I know 43 degrees. Was he an engineer? <laughs> He's an architect. He's so an architect. Why, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really important to understand uh, how different architect nib is from every other nib. You can Stub can be used by anyone. A cursive italic can be used by anyone. I think similar complexity you'll find in oblique nibs as well. So that's also another type of nib, which I think uh, <clears throat> some people, they want an oblique nib, but they don't know exactly like which angle. Because I, I think I saw uh, on Dan Smith's website, it has probably 15 degrees or 30 degrees uh, like for op- uh, for an oblique grind, I don't remember exactly, but uh, it is also I feel a very complicated grind because when a person holds the pen, you don't know how much uh, rotation he's going to give. So even for an oblique grind, I usually ask people to send me a picture of how they are holding because it becomes very easy for me to grind it that way since I do not grind on a dremel, I grind on the those stones, so I can you know, copy the way they are holding and that way I grind. And it becomes really easy for me to understand what this person wants. And also with a picture of an of a person holding the pen, you can actually try the pen the same way before sending it to him. So in that sense, you can figure out probably if this person is going to find any difficulty once he gets the pen or will it be okay? So that is something which I do and I think it really helps me understanding in understanding how people use their pens. I have a I have a question that I've never asked a nib technician and I've I can't believe I've never asked this before. So you're gonna be the first person that I've asked this to. Um, are you left handed or right handed? I'm right handed. So do you find it difficult to grind nibs for fountain pen users who are left handed? Or is it no different? I never nobody ever asked me this way that I write with left hand and I think it's something new. I never got a case like this so far, but I think it should be, uh, it should be an issue because when left-handed people write and the chances of smudging the ink, they, that increases a lot, right? But no, nobody ever asked me about it. So let's hope somebody asked me after <laughs> listening to this thing. <laughs> they have a left hand because when you were saying you also test the nibs in the angle right. that the person writes right. in, that made me think of it. Because 
Sometimes yeah. um, left-handed people, they, they do a lot of contortions um, so to avoid yeah. smudging the yeah. ink as they're writing. So I think it'd be a very difficult sort of angle um, right. rotation to imitate. But, um, I've seen many left-handed yeah. people writing from top of the paper. Like yeah, yeah, hand, like this. And <laughs> the, they turn their bodies like this. Yeah. Right. I have a friend who, who sketches a lot, but I've always seen his hand, something like coming from top of the paper. but. Okay, yeah, but that's something new. I hope somebody comes up with this question now in India that I'm left-handed and what type of nib will suit me. But though I I do get really, really different type of questions uh, about some people who write in Hindi. Mm -hmm. So it's called the Devnagri script. So the first pen show uh, in Mumbai, so many people came to me and they said, we want a Devnagri script, uh, type of nib. I didn't know what this thing is. So then somebody um, had a pen. So it's basically a right oblique. And it's ground at a very, you know, uh, an angle like 30 to 45 degrees. So it's a big angle. So that's what is used. Probably if you have seen uh, Hindi written in big fonts, yes, you'll see there'll be a slant in the line which is coming down. So... Yeah, so that uh, is something which I get a lot in India. Uh, probably you don't get that in other countries, but people want to write Hindi and they want um, it to look really good. All those cuts which you get with a uh, with a right oblique. And after that, I started getting many people who come with their this Lamy Joy one point one pen and they would get a big right oblique from me. <laughs> And then they would use it. And I still know many calligraphy artists in India who use this uh, oblique nibs for calligraphy. I can understand that because I think Hindi, traditionally, it's written with like a wooden um, right. tool, yeah. right? Bam yes, bamboo, bamboo uh, uh, with a very broad know. tip. Because I, spoke I have some books in me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and is it so it's something that you dip in ink and then you write with it? Is that how they work? Yeah, you have to dip it in an ink and then you write it. I just wrote once or twice and then I kept it aside. So uh <laughs> I mean it's a difficult thing to do, but probably for somebody who's actually into calligraphy, they use it a lot. But I, I think that's something which is also uh you know, going out of the picture now because earlier these bamboo writing pens were like very famous in India, but now you have so many options. Steel nibs have become so easily available, so not many people go for it. But you can get really big, big, big lines like 8mm or 10mm thick line using those bamboo uh, calligraphy pens. While we're talking about um, the Fountain Pen Association of India, is this the is this the main fountain pen online group in India, or is it the one that you're most familiar with? Coming to Fountain Pen Association of India, I think uh, it was started by five people. Uh, all of them are from Mumbai, and uh, so they had this vision that probably they'll uh, create an association where they can educate people about fountain pens. They can conduct workshops and some events or also you know uh, people can easily ask questions on 
those uh, in the Fountain Pen Association of India, they have a, another WhatsApp group for that also. So people can ask questions if they have they need anything or what they should buy next or what kind of inks they should use. So it's more like educating and helping people uh, in you know understanding fountain pens. So right now, uh, I do not know the exact number of people there are in the who have joined the association, but I think it's quite high. It's not exactly the main association because we do not like there's so many people who didn't join the association this association but yeah they use pens so that's a different story altogether yeah so that way i think we have really big community as well as in terms of manufacturers uh we have really old manufacturers some of them like uh, you know uh airmail pen company so uh i think this airmail pen company was started somewhere in 1951 and they have lots of uh, demonstrator pens and all those clear demonstrator pens apart from that we have ranga pens yes which yeah. Uh, right uh, yeah they are very famous and they they do really beautiful ebonite pens we also have uh, asa they and they really make very affordable um, ebonite pens and acrylic pens as well then we have Lotus pens and Lotus has come into the picture very, I think quite recently, probably one or two years ago, but the kind of finish they have on their pens, it's, it's remarkable. So if you haven't tried a Lotus pen so far, you should try that. Probably they do not have a very uh, <clears throat> big list on internet, all the models which they do, but you can reach out to them on Facebook or Instagram and They'll just give you lots of options and lots of different materials. Even I got one uh, pen in uh, Convex Stewart Blue Stardust from them. So and it's a very beautiful pen. Apart from this, uh, this Canrite. From Canrite, you can get multiple variety of nibs. So and th- those are the nibs which I used a lot for practicing nib crimes. So you can get a nib for around maybe one dollar one us dollar and you can get from extra fine to double broad and the double broad has a huge tipping so that's something you'll enjoy a lot if you ever go for that pen. probably you can reach out to them on so on their website or through email so the nips which they have there's something you should really try because we do not find so many manufacturers who have a double broad nib probably something like Lamy 2000, when you get those oblique double broad, you get really happy, right? <laughs> so that kind of big nips they make. So that's something which um, is really nice about the Indian pin community. And there's something which new, which is also, uh, you know, we came across recently. So there's uh, Urushi Studio. I don't know what's the exact names. So they have started making Urushi pens. So they make really nice Urushi pens, but they have started and I'm sure like within one or two years, we'll get to see really, really beautiful pens uh, from them. Because I'm a big fan of Nakaya. So when I see a Nakaya Urushi pen, I get really happy. Yeah. <laughs> they are like really beautiful pens. And uh, I think uh, there's Phosphor. 
F-O-S-F-O-R, Phosphor. He also makes like really beautiful custom pens. And the good thing about Phosphor is you can really ask for a very different filling mechanism. You can think of your own uh, filling mechanism and he'll execute it. So that is something way different from other manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And you can find him on Twitter. Uh, I think that's where he posts his pens on a weekly basis. And when is the next Mumbai or India pen show? So next India pen show is in March, I think uh, next week, 7th and 8th of March. So India pen show has lots of things. So I think last year they had a theme about a famous poet in India, Kafi Asmi. And this year they're celebrating women. So you can go to their uh, Instagram page and see. So every day you see a couple of posts. And they have, apart from having just, uh, you know, pen sellers or retailers, they also have lots of workshops like uh, Italic Calligraphy, Doodle Workshop, mm-hmm. Journaling Workshops, and, you know, different types of uh, cursive writing workshops. It's not just selling the pens or displaying stuff. So they have probably two halls over there. They'll have two halls over there where one section will be purely for fountain pens and in another section you can have lots of workshops for two days. Everybody is really looking forward to it because lots of people from different parts of India and it's a big country, right? So everybody gathers there and then people meet and Saturday evening and Sunday evening when they all go out and spend time talking about pens and having fun. <laughs> so that's really fun part. I've learned so much from just talking to you for this last hour and a little bit. I feel like I've only scratched the surface, as you said, the tip of the iceberg of the Indian <laughs> yes. pen community and what you're doing over there. And um, I'm really excited to see what happens at the India Pen Show this year and how the show develops over time and um, to see your work in the future, your nib grinding and also your drawings. Listeners, you should definitely go and follow Jazzarilla on Instagram and also uh, look at his nib grinds on at the nib studio. I think you you can contact him on Messenger on Instagram. Do you have an email or a website that um, others can also contact you on? I do not have a website. I bought a domain, but but I never. (laughs) So Instagram is still the best way. Yeah, it's the easiest one. Yeah. And I believe since mostly, I okay, I, I travel a lot and I really don't get so much time to do different things. So I just focus on sketching. And if somebody really needs something, they can always message me on Instagram. And I usually, I'm, I'm online almost all the time. So I usually <laughs> reply. <fast>. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I really enjoyed this uh, speaking to you and I also enjoy the the initial music of ah, your thank you. <laughs> it reminds me of some seventies or eighties uh, TV shows which we <laughs> used to watch. So it's it's really beautiful. Yeah, that's certainly the vibe we're going for. <laughs> so one of our um, one of our original hosts, her husband, wrote that theme music, and I just oh. thought it was really catchy and kind of yeah, nostalgic. <laughs> Yes, it's very nostalgic. Yeah, that's there. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jaspreet. Oh, thank you so much. It was really nice. Okay, I'll let you go and have lunch now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. Past and future episodes of this podcast can be found at thenipsection.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hop onto Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, recommend us to your friends. 
Want to share your thoughts, suggestions, or feedback? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thenibsection at gmail.com. You can also comment at us on the Nib Section Facebook page or at the Nib Section on Twitter and Instagram. The Nib Section is the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Our producer this episode was Diana Dye. Recording and editing was done by Diana Dye. Special guests were Teo Yi Chia and Jaspreet Sin. The very catchy music was written by Michael Pierce. Our logo was designed by Will H. Smith with artwork by Melissa Graff. Thanks for listening.